Hey there. You got a bunch of leads, but too swamped to make heads or tails out of them? When it comes to sealing the deal, you just throw out a number and hope for the best? Well, it's time to change that too. Welcome to the Million Dollar Pipeline Challenge, tailor-made for the home services and remodeling pros just like you. We're cutting through the clutter, showing you how to chat with your customers and nail your pitches and boost those conversions. No more guesswork, just solid strategies to grow your business. Tune in to transform your approach and let's build that million-dollar pipeline together. Text the word MONEY to 844-949-1984. That's the word MONEY to 844-949-1984 to begin your million-dollar pipeline challenge today. Welcome to Blue Collar BS, a podcast that busts the popular myth that we can't find good people, highlighting how the different generations of today, the boomers, Gen X, Millennials, and Gen Z are redefining work so that the industrial revolution that started in the U.S. stays in the U.S. Welcome back, Brad, to the latest episode of Blue Collar BS. How are you doing today? I am fantastic, Mr. Doyle. It's beautiful here in Metro Detroit. Nice, sunny. It's probably like two degrees. You know, we got over a foot of snow. It's delicious out. My daughter told me, you know what my daughter told me while we were out plowing the snow? I don't know. She's out laying in the snow. She's sitting there. She's like, Dad, did you know? Did you know that it's all you can eat snow right now? Just don't eat the blue or the yellow. <laughs> and and you know what, Dad? Don't eat the green either. But all the white, you can eat it all, and it's free. Wow. Well, that'll be great when this show episode sometime in April or May talk about absolutely, snow. So that's right? all good. <laughs> absolutely, right? That is fantastic. Yes. <laughs> all you can eat snow. Perfect. That's right. Perfect. Right? Things yes. you learn from your kids. So, so many places we could go with that. But so, <laughs> so today we got an awesome, awesome guest, a gentleman that I've been had the pleasure to work with for many, many years, and he's been able to teach me many things along my career path, and I'm very grateful for that. Mr. Don Curtin. He and I go back to our Bucyrus and Caterpillar days. He is a uh, welding savant, 35 years of manufacturing, building really big, cool shit. Lots of really big, cool shit that he's been involved with. First-hand knowledge of seeing what's going on in that blue-collar space with welders and machinists and everything else. So we're very, very grateful to have you here today, Don. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. <laughs> he says that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> we're done. Wait till we're done. So, Don, the first question we always we always get into with everyone is to help help us understand and identify which generation do you best fit in with? Probably the the baby boomer, I guess, by age. Um, I don't know. It's right at uh, you know, nineteen sixty four was the cutoff. That's when I was born. But um, there. baby boomer, I guess. <laughs> well, but yes, that would be it. <laughs> That right, there on the edge. right on the edge right there's that there's that those are, there are some crossover opportunities there right so yeah leading yeah, edge of x tail on the boomer and i'm in that same beginning part of that gen x and 67 right. so we're not that far apart and there's a lot of those grandparent and parental influences that we lived with that maybe kids today don't necessarily understand or respect true true yeah so tell us a little bit about what you're doing today and and how you're helping the welding world become a stronger better place Okay. Yeah. Right now I'm in a role as the welding manager at Komatsu in Milwaukee, the former harness figure, Joy Global, the former competitor of Osiris back in the day. Yep. Pretty much the same stuff that I grew up with. But yeah, we're working on uh, developing 
our welders. We'll bring in people that are experienced and we'll train them to what we do. Right now, though, we're, we've got a couple, we got three GPS students, um, Generac Power Systems Education. Okay. It's been around for a while. Um, actually, one of our supervisors was a graduate of that program when it first started. So we got three, three kids that are 18 years old are less than 18 years old. They're in high school yet. They're in their awesome. senior years. And that's cool. They're there every day working uh, on training. We also have uh, four young men. They're 18 years old. They've got some little bit of welding experience and we're putting them through a 10 week program to get them up to speed to work on our product. We actually, actually are in our third week and they're all doing pretty well. So, and no, under, some, no undercut. Are they, are they take care of that yet um, or not? They're, they're taking care of it. Uh, we, we got, um, we also, earlier this year, we had some MATC instructors in. We're training them on how to uh, work with 330 second flux core and trying to get them developed uh, so that they can teach that. Right now, the tech schools really don't teach much of the heavy no, flux core welding. So we're trying to promote that. We're working on possibly um, a partnership with them that's to be determined right now, but we're working on developing something with MATC so we can get kids at least attracted or exposed to the 332nd flux core welding or heavy plate welding. Right. Try to attract them that way. What were the, uh, what were the kids reactions when they walked into the factory? Oh yeah. That's always fun. You know, I mean, it's, <laughs> it, we have a, a model of a shovel. It's an old, uh, I miss I don't know it? my P and H machinery as well. It's as like an old two. It's like an old Busiris like 201 or Marion 201, right? Yeah. yeah 295. Yeah, little guy. And, uh, but the stuff we're making in the factory is like you know, three times as big as that. But yeah, it's, it's pretty neat when they see that. And, uh, they freak out when they see that first piece of six inch plate, they got to go out and see it with a 45 degree right. bevel on it. Yeah. <laughs> you yep. know, you want to, like, you yeah. want us to fill what <laughs> you're going to be here a while. Get her Snickers bar. <laughs> <laughs> You might get a little hangry. Yep, yep. <laughs> That's awesome. So, have you seen have you seen a difference as you've brought on these young men and and hopefully maybe some young women as well? A difference of how their behaviors are in the workforce compared to what how you grew up or how you were when you were younger? I I'd like to look at each as an individual. So, we do have some individuals that um you know, they want that instant gratification. You know, they want to be a fitter right away. Uh, <laughs> they don't want to, they, they want to run the robot, you know, and things like that, which, which mostly, mostly the young kids, young kids uh, probably would do better. But anyway, <laughs> we have some kids that are, I would call them, you know, more old school, you know, they just get after it and I don't know. They have a, we have a couple in the two GPS students that I have right now. They're in our, our start time is at six o'clock. They come in at about 20 to six every day. Oh, wow. Like, they get there early. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's it's impressive. Like early clockwork. And um, they're, they're putting in the work. And so, yeah, I, I, th- I think it's a mix. I don't, I wouldn't want to label any, uh, any kid just because of his age. I, I wasn't sure if you were seeing any trends or patterns, right? Um, yeah. from a generality perspective to help the audience understand of um, maybe that if you saw something and how you were dealing with correcting some of those behaviors uh, or opportunities to, to engage them into a more enlightening environment versus uh, having them walk away. Right. Cause it's about, yeah. it's about establishing the pool of talent, right. That we can all draw from. Uh, it's not about protecting, creating your own pond, but create an ocean of talent, which is, 
commendable what you guys are doing. Yeah, that's my philosophy. I don't, I don't, I want these kids to learn uh, whether they stay with us or not. I want them to learn as much as they can to, um, you know, just develop them into uh, good, productive employees. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess they, um, they learn different. I guess I have a, a couple that are real quiet. Come, some are, you know, they want that assurance that, that, you know, that, yeah, I mean, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. And um, I don't know. I don't know if that's different across the, the age spectrum or not, but. How many of your senior guys need the, the reassurance as you go through on the daily, on the daily floor and doing the walk? The guys that have been there for a while or the guys that are students? Oh, the guys that have been there for a while, right? So you take. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that you're, you're, you're exactly right, Brad. I mean, everybody's, uh, there's some guys that you gotta, you gotta pat them on the back once in a while, let them know they're doing a good job. Um, others, they don't need that. That you identify who those are and deal with them that way but one of the questions i'm curious about what is the one thing that you've seen that you're kind of just surprised at with the younger generation right now coming in and uh welding for you guys not really nothing really i guess it's a blur for me because i see i've been around for they've been coming and going for a long time (laughs) yeah so i mean there's some characters out there Some of them aren't just young. There are some of the older ones are just as goofy as the younger ones. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, you got that right. You know, I, I, we got some, um, I like, I like some of the kids are, I guess, real confident as they, they start getting into it. And then all of a sudden we give them a, something that kind of humbles them. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? uh-huh. And, um, but that's, that's part of learning, I guess. Like a little plate, like a little T1. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you got to heat that up and it's uh, 90 degrees outside. So, <laughs> yeah. In the shade. Four, 450 preheat. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy um, dealing with the kids. And, um, you know, we're, we've shared the guy I'm taking this place. Uh, he's been with Kamatsu for probably about 17 years in this role. And then uh, he's going to be retiring in June. So I've been able to shadow him a little bit, but. He gave a presentation yesterday with all our kids. And one of the things that we, we tried to impress upon them is him and I both, we didn't start out in, um, you know, going to school and everything. We started out as welders in the floor, just like they are. And and we've taken our careers to through different roles and different paths. But um, I think it's a good foundation for them to at least get, get some experience on the weld floor. And then all these other doors can open with them with, with the uh, um, tuition reimbursement programs that are out there with companies, you can get your education paid for while you're working. So we try to impress upon them that, you know, this is not something that if you don't like this, uh, at least have it on your uh, resume, something that you can do and you can get in somewhere and, and maybe open some doors later. Yeah. I remember when I was mentoring with uh, the first robotics program here in town and um, we had a young gentleman we had a great mentor, first of all, um, who was a former GE medical guy that um, had the patience of of a saint to be able mm-hmm. to teach people. So he taught him aluminum. We, we worked in aluminum, so he's doing aluminum welding. Obviously not the easiest thing in the world to do. It takes a little different skill than some steel, but it's all light gauge aluminum. And this kid would just practice and practice and practice. And he did some some butt joints and some other things that were just spectacular. And we were like, um, don't don't destroy that. Don't throw it away. Keep that. Because if you ever want to go right as a 15 year old kid, if you ever want to go to some local weld shop, just take that coupon with you, put that on their desk 
they'll have a conversation with you because they're not going to yeah. talk to you otherwise because they don't think mm-hmm. you know shit. So yeah. at least take those samples with you to say, hey, this is what I've done. This is what I right. can do to have the conversation. Uh, do you see within the other w- parts of the workforce at all that there's a bias towards these young kids at all of, hey, you don't know what you're doing, so leave us alone? Or you got a pretty good handle well, on that? We, we've got a really good crew of uh, experienced people uh, mentoring these guys once they get out there. Um, I, th- I think they do a really good job of um, just taking them under our wing and showing them the ropes. Really good group of guys in our in our factory when it comes to the helping out the young guys. Good, because I've been in some places where that yeah. wasn't the case. There's a couple here and there, but I mean, right? But I mean, if the general, environment, if the environment is for the most part very friendly, I've been walked through some shops where it was, uh, yeah, you you knew where you stood all the time. It didn't matter. It was terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, some of some some of our former suppliers that we used to have had those types of environments, and yeah. it was not uh, not fun to walk through. Well, I, I try to um, I talk to the kids about, you know, hey, it's better to keep your mouth shut and let people think you're an idiot than open it and remove all doubt. <laughs> you <know? laughs> um, yes. You know, just, you know, observe and, and, and try to learn from the rest of the uh, crew that, that you're working with. But, um, you know, some of them aren't going to take that advice. They're, they're going to pop off. And, you know, we've had, we've had that happen too. But like I said, it's not a generational thing. I've, seen that happen all 35 years where you know and it's it's something that i wish i would have done a long time ago is is kept a journal of all the stuff that happened every day you know the interactions between some of the employees the things they did uh, it's it's a lot of fun (laughs) right (laughs) yeah so one of the things you mentioned a little earlier was um the fact that you you had mentioned you had started out in the where they are yeah, yeah. you have a couple other employees that have actually grown up and moved up. So the question that I have is, from the students coming in, how are they viewing that as an opportunity? Oh, um, actually, one of the when I first got into the role, one of them um, asked me, "So how did you get this job?" And so we talked a little bit about you know my career path and whatnot. But no, I think they they recognize or hopefully by now they recognize that, you know, they're not going to, they don't have to just put the hood down and weld all day for the rest of their career, just because they're in this class. It's just uh, uh, another brick in their foundation of, of their career. No, that's, that's good. One of the follow-ups that I have with that is how you had mentioned you take on more of a mentoring role as well. How has that helped the students, whether it's, you know, and I'm, we're, Obviously, we're focused here on generations, but you've been there for a while and you've mentored many different generations. That impact, like how how that mentoring, how does that help them decide one way or another of staying or, you know, staying and continuing there? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, I've been a supervisor for quite a few years, um, you know, at Posiris and um, my, my roles at Komatsu, I was a quality engineer, then I was a manufacturing engineer. Not a whole lot of interaction with the workforce um, compared to being a supervisor, um, but but this new role, I don't know. I try I try to get the guys to you know when they're in the lab, this is a whether it's a ten week stint or a couple week stint. This is you know this is an interview. This is a long interview, so your Very work long. habits and Very your long. and your um, ability to accept criticism, your uh, attention to detail, things like that. 
all those things are going to be looked at. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that they remember that in the future, but um, right now, it's for me, it's sort of lead itself where they're at when it comes to how effective my mentoring is for them. Well, I, I will say that you are a pay it forward guy, Don. Yeah. Right. You are yeah. um, just from our own interactions from back in the day. And right. I'm not a welder by any stretch of the imagination, but just being able to communicate and bridge that gap between the floor and the office and suppliers and everything like that, and have that communication uh, skill that you do have and, and the experiences that go along with it. Um, that is priceless. Yeah. Right. Cause you've seen all sides of it. You've been around it. You've seen it and you're willing to give and share. And that is, um, Oh yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things that is, um, admirable about you and uh, your organization should be very blessed to have you in that spot because this is how we're going to be able to bring Gen Z kids in is to create an environment where people want to come in. Yes. Right. Right. Not, not go into the dark, dirty, dangerous locations and hope they come out with all their limbs. Right. That's not what it is anymore. No. May have been, may have been yeah. <laughs> just a decade ago, but not anymore. Yeah. Nope. Yep. What's your biggest joy out of uh, watching these young students um, progress? Well, it's um, maybe not the students now, but uh, just throughout the, my career, watching some of my employees go from, say, just a welder to um, they're a fitter, they're um, they're running a robot, they're um, they're just came from very little skill or or knowledge, and then all of a sudden now they're they're the expert. And I've been able to see that a couple times, you know, more than a couple throughout my career. So I'm not taking credit for it, but I I know I helped them, you know. Right. And that's that that gives mm-hmm. me a, probably one of the best things I can say as far as uh, job satisfaction is watching people develop. Yeah, you're one of the easiest guys to talk to. You yeah. are there. There are guys. The emotional the emotional pendulum was either it was all off or all on. There was no middle ground. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, regardless of what's happening on the floor and, and your ability to analyze and look at it and assess and look for the root, not the symptom is uh, a skill that um, I'm hoping your students and those that are working with you today recognize and learn from. Yeah, we try to, uh, like when we're teaching, one of the big things we teach at Komatsu is a bead sequence. We want everybody's welds to look the same. We, to avoid inspection happen. problems, maybe? Absolutely. You know, and, <laughs> well, we have a, you know, we have a we're recipe. Like me. We have a recipe of, of success of how you do it properly. And we train that in the lab, we try to, you know, this has to be a, a five pass weld. This has to be a seven pass weld. And we try to uh, emphasize that if you're consistent with all these things, then you're going to get the same results. They're always trying to reinvent the wheel. A welder will say, oh, I, I, I changed my settings to here or that. And then they're going to, they're going to make it better and all that stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're going to make uh, it better. All right. <laughs> all our Every welder is the best welder, right? Talk to them. But, and, you know, we try to um, build like a, a foundation of, okay, when things are going bad, I got to stop and re, recalibrate myself, right? It's like golf, right, Brad? You, you start <laughs> doing something where you start slicing, you know what you're doing wrong. But if Just you don't know what, to fix it. Well, you, you, you can, yeah, you, you know what you're doing wrong and, you, and maybe you can fix it, but at least you know what you're doing wrong. Um, some golfers are out there, they're, they're they don't know what they're doing wrong. They just keep, I'll just keep aiming more left. Well, you're going to keep slicing more then. I mean, you're just going to get worse, <laughs> but, 
but it's uh you know we tr we try to give them the the knowledge of or, or give them something to go back to like all right i gotta stop doing what i'm doing i gotta start over and this is how i'm going to i'm gonna do this right i'm gonna do set my machine to this i'm gonna go back to the things that i was taught and then you know because everybody's gonna have a bad day yep. and um it's the foundations Right. It's building. It's building that foundation, and you're gonna get guys that are gonna say, "Oh, I'll do it. I'll do the seven pass weld and six, and I'll put a cover on it." Yeah. Well, oh, great. Cool. <laughs> I can't can't wait till you gotta take it all out and redo it. Yeah. Because somebody doesn't like how it looks. Right. You got that. Because because you got inspectors like Doyle out there that are just like, "Oh, great." And that was you're an inspector, Steve. Uh, I did for a while. Yeah. Weld inspection or machining. Weld. Oh, I would, really? I. Crawled under a couple of vehicles in uh, the Oshkosh yard. Okay. <laughs> that whole weld inspection thing of, right, if it looks good, it is good versus transition points from welder A to welder B. and It's not supposed nightmare. to be subjective, but it is. Oh, it's uh, super yeah. subjective. It's uh, way know. more than subjective. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Don, if uh, somebody wanted to get a hold of you to learn more about welding, how can they do that? Probably the best way would be to send me an email. Um, it can be reached at donald.curtain at global.komatsu. Global.komatsu. Global.komatsu, yep. No dot com. Okay. It's just global.komatsu. Donald.curtain at global.komatsu. And, and how many how many people are you looking to try to uh, acquire and bring in and um, replace what's going out the door from a retirement perspective? Well, right now looks like we're excluding the four that I have in my in my lab right now. I'd say we're looking for maybe a dozen. Okay. That number is always changing. You know, as you know, our business, Brad, welders, sometimes they, um, as they get more seniority, they want to move on to driving a forklift or running a crane because it's a very physically, physically demanding job. And if, um, you know, that's why, again, I, I press upon the kids. It's like, go to school. You know, get, if you don't want to do this, go to school and, and get a, a associate's degree or something and something that we could use at the at the plant uh, as well. But or else, again, there's guys that'll just uh, we call it the semi-retirement job, driving a forklift and uh, running a crane. <laughs> but those those are going to happen, you know, and, and they're yeah. they're they're going to move on and they're going to do something else. And we're going to have to backfill those roles. So that number is always uh, we're always looking. And I remember when I was at, uh, I was going to school before I got hired at MATC. And I think we ran one test plate of 332nd flux score. And my teacher at the time, Dick Tupta, he said, yeah, not a lot of companies use this, but, uh, you know, you know, Besiris is one of them and Joy Global. But the thought at the time was that this is going to be going away. And it's 30 years later and it's, it's not, we're, we're, not, we're not at all. You know, we've tried uh, at Pisiris. I know we tried going to different uh, types of wire, uh, metal core, hard wire, uh, and and we just really never could get the mechanical properties right. And we always kept going back to flux core. And when I come over to Kamatsu, it's the same story. You know, they've they stick with what works. They've experimented with stuff. They they they've tried different things, but they always have to go back to what's been working. Mm-hmm. Hard to change some of those traditions, right? To go from flux core to metal core is uh, it it it's a mindset shift. It's a difference of different things. It's it's just 
it's brings, just different. Brings a lot of other problems that you wouldn't have, you don't have in Fluxcore, and I mean it's brighter. You have the silicone rather than the slag. It, it, so yep, there's lots there's lots of pros and cons both ways, and 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 history for that in, for our industry has been it's going to remain Fluxcore. We're going to have yeah. you know as long as it's left for suppliers and uh, tier twos and tier threes to be able to meet the requirements. Great. Yeah. You know, we had that argument with one of the dragline projects. Um, in fact, I think you may have helped us on that to convince our metallurgist to say, yes, let's do this because it's okay. They were, a, they were a wire core, solid core shop. And I'm like, no, it's gotta be flux core. Like, well, why help me, me not knowing, help me understand if we end up with the right results, Help me understand the difference in what the impacts might be. And that was a long drawn out process to get that approval through. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. But yeah, no, I, I want them to, uh, another thing that we, even if they don't come to Komatsu, um, some of our subcontractors in the area, you know, they need people too. They're, I can think about three or four of them right now off the top of my head that whatever we can't do, they, we sub out to them. I mean, right. we don't build mm-hmm. a whole machine at Komatsu, but um, some of it's done in the local area. So right. We're trying to work with MATC to get more heavy welding, heavy plate welding into their curriculum so that at least they expose the kids to what we do. If there's a a program like we do have now where we'll bring kids in and train them. I mean, how'd you like to make 28 bucks an hour right out of high school? I mean, that'd be crazy back in the day, right? Absolutely. I mean, it went to the $5.35 an hour wasn't good enough. Oh, my God. I mean, I think um, minimum wage when I was 18 was, um, I want to say, $3.25. (laughs) And I got a job making $5.50 an hour, and I thought I was rich, you know. You Um, were. Yeah. All right. So it's it's Donald.Curtain at Global.Kamatsu. Right. And, yep. and for some great opportunity and anybody that's listening to this and you might not be in the Milwaukee area or wherever you are, there is, I was a forging guy before I became a fabricating person uh, when I went on my career and forgings might be cool, but the things you can put together with weld and plate and forming material things, it's amazing. And there's some great, great equipment and there's awesome people to work with. And so if you're listening and you want an opportunity in the weld world, please reach out to Don. We need young people to get into the industry to continue to make really cool shit. Yep. Yes, we do. Thank you so much, Don, for coming on today. I appreciate yes. it a lot. Yeah, yeah I, had a, I had fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank nice you, meeting you, Steve, and uh, nice talking to you again, Brad. All right, man. We, we will are on see a golf you. course in the summer, hopefully. Uh, yes, yes, we will at some point, no doubt. Thank you for listening to Blue Collar BS. Brought to you by Vision Forward Business Solutions and Professional Business Coaching, Inc. If you'd like to learn more on today's topic, just reach out to Steve Doyle or myself, Brad Herta. Please like, share, rate, and review this show as feedback is the only way we can get better. Let's keep blue-collar businesses strong for generations to come.